Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Lakers Explained, a podcast hosted by me, Christian Rebus, and uh, the Silver Screen and Roll site manager, Harrison Fagan. Uh, right now there's no basketball, for, for those who haven't heard. The NBA is still suspended, and we don't know when it is going to be back. Uh, but in spite of that, how are you doing today, Harrison? You know, I'm I'm doing all right. I, it's uh, it is a harrowing and anxious time to be alive. Uh, <laughs> and but I think all things considered, I am feeling very fortunate that I work at a job that allows me to, and a company that allows me to work remotely, and that I. You know, and that we have still been able to find enough things and like rack our brains for enough things to post about and podcast about and whatever. And, you know, I just hope that that for everybody listening to this and who reads the site, that that kind of stuff can help you distract from like, you know, the scariness of day to day life. Because I think even though this is obviously serious, it's important for all of us to be able to take our mind off of things, too. And I think it's allowed me to do that a little bit. Uh, you know, when I, I got to write about Michael Thompson and his Twitter account today. So like <laughs> that, um, like stuff like that, it helps me escape. And so I hope it's doing the same thing for you and for everybody listening to this show and who reads the site. Yeah, I think the Let's Appreciate a Lakers series has has been nice to read, even as somebody that writes for the site. Uh, just taking a walk down memory lane and thinking about, you know, our, our high times, uh, the high points of our Lakers fandom. But uh, on today's podcast, Harrison, I, w- I wanted to pick our our followers and our listeners' brains on how they started as a Lakers fan. I mean, even before that. I mean, maybe it was... Um, those moments, the uh, 0.4 shot and, you know, Kobe's 81 that that made them Lakers fans. But uh, we're going to go through a, a few of the submissions that you guys sent us uh, early on. Uh, God, what is it? Monday? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, so we'll, we'll go through those. We'll pick our favorites. Uh, you guys replied to us on Twitter. So, um, yeah, let's uh, let's start off with. Um, Let's start off with our stories and how we got into Lakers fandom. We'll start with you, Harrison. Yeah. So for me and like, you know, I just I feel like this is becoming almost like like an in joke or like a drinking game on podcasts and stuff that I go on at this point. Like, you know, talk about that. Like I started out as a Lakers fan and like that that fandom is kind of mostly dead, but that I still really love covering the Lakers and covering basketball. And like, that's kind of what I'm a fan of now. So, but, so there's my obligatory, just like getting that out of the way. But I was growing up like a diehard, diehard Lakers fan. I, um, I started out as a kid. I, it was in 2001. So it was like the second playoff run of the three Pete. And I'd been watching basketball before that, but the game that really hooked me. And I think I've told this story before was like, it was a, against the Kings and it was the Robert Ory shot game where he like hit the buzzer beater and you know puts his arms behind his back and basically skips back and like he just knows it's over they're ready to get out of there and that shot like for my brothers and I I have three younger brothers two of whom were old enough to watch that game at the time and like we were in Palm Springs I remember vacationing and just started sprinting around the house uh, or around the hotel like literally around like the outside area where people are walking into their rooms part of the hotel screaming with our shirts off after he hit that shot and i'm not sure if we're allowed back at that embassy suites ever again (laughs) um and so like but from then on i was hooked i like followed everything i remember i was so angry when they traded Shaq because he was my favorite player to start out with that i stopped watching games for like a while it wasn't i don't even it wasn't even really that they were bad it was that like they had traded Shaq, and i was just upset about that and i kind of walked away for a while and i started getting back into it when i was in high school And we needed we had to do this current events assignment and we had to write about basically one article from the newspaper every single day. And I didn't realize that that would end up translating to a career where I would write for, you know, websites or whatever at the time. But I started I was like, well, what's something easy that I can read about, like the economy, like like news? This is boring. I'm going to read about sports. And <laughs> like so I was writing like they eventually had to put a rule in place that I was not allowed to write about the Lakers games anymore um, after like a certain <laughs> amount of time, because it was almost every day I was like doing the Lakers recap from, you know, whoever was like the L.A. Times or O.C. Registers writers at the time. I think it was Kevin Ding was the one that I really re- and Mike Bresnahan, I think, were the two um, for those two 
two outlets. And from then on, like I was, I was a diehard fan. I followed the team, uh, you know, through thick and thin. It was like, I, I wrote about my mental health and how basketball helped me escape from issues with that at the site last week when we're all going through all this and, you know, how it's helped me deal with tough times and things like that. And the Lakers have been there for all of that. They've given me a career and a livelihood and, um, an ability to support my, you know, small family at this point. And, um, you know, I just like, it's been a lifelong obsession and it's in a different way now, but for me, it's just like, I want to follow this team in every single way that I can. And now it's like about providing the coverage that gives a fan who was someone like me, who just like followed every single thing about the team and wanted as much information on them as possible, like giving them a home to feel like they can go to. And like, I apologize because it's turned into an ad for the site, but um, <laughs> like that, that's where it comes from. It comes from like that genuine sense of fandom and like, um, you know, just like going through those title runs. And like, I remember in the, in 2010, uh, I was watching the Lakers Celtics game seven, like of the finals at my best friend's house. And he left to go to his winter formal. So I was sitting there watching with his uncle who was rooting for the Celtics just because he hated the Lakers. And I remember when meta hit that three, I literally screamed in his face. And, uh, I think I, I think it was something, I think it was F you or like, how do you effing like that? Something like that. And, uh, the dinner afterwards as I waited for my dad to come pick me up was pretty awkward. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's just like stuff like that. Like we all have those memories of like weird superstitious things we did too. Like I remember one of my younger brothers, we would not let him watch games with us. If the Lakers started to lose, we were determined that he was a curse. <laughs> and so he would try and like, he would try and like watch from outside. I can still see him now standing outside the window of our back TV room, watch it, trying to watch the game through the window and us like throwing things at him to get him to go away. I'm sure that didn't scar him at all, but yeah, we all have like our fandom stories and like, I, you know, I, I think I know parts of yours, but like, how did you really get into following this team and falling in love with them? Well, that's a really nice story. And I feel almost kind of dumb saying mine now, uh, but I, I think like like a lot of our followers uh, that chimed in, um, you're kind of just born into it. And I think that's true of of everybody within the general Los Angeles area. That I grew was a up very in big theme of like, sorry to cut you off, but like that was a very big theme of our Twitter replies it was like a lot of them were just like, I was born into this. Like I know yeah, I, yeah. Dr. Barr said like I had a purple and gold placenta, which like I feel like medically is not, but he would know if that's okay or not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like a lot just... of people just said born into it and it's like, Hey, I respect that. Like that's, you know, I think that if I had been born in a different area, I probably would have ended up rooting for a different team and had different memories. So I totally get that yeah it's like when people tell me um that they bleed purple and girl gold and i'm like you know i you know i get what you're saying but i hope not because if you do <laughs> I'd, I'd go see a physician as soon as possible <laughs> but yeah, this um, may be an we can, we can do frequently asked questions for if you bleed purple and gold with dr bra <laughs> it's like a content opportunity if this if this law if this stoppage goes much longer <laughs> uh but no it, it, i was again uh Born and raised in Chino, California, uh, which is about, you know, a 50 minute drive from from Staples Center with no traffic with traffic. It's like an hour and a half. It's miserable. Um, but I I think I was a Lakers fan in a sense that a lot of people at the time were Lakers fans. Uh, you knew who Shaq and Kobe was, um, you know, it, you knew of the players. You had the games on in the background because it was just something for people to do. Um it wasn't until the Lakers traded for Steve Nash <laughs> did I become uh, just obsessed with the Lakers because I grew up a huge soccer fan and Steve Nash was kind of my bridge between that two worlds because at, at Which Suns is like, game, I have to say this is you've told me this story before and I believe you've written about it before. This is the strangest way I have oh, ever yeah. heard someone get into the late. They're like they got into it and like I feel so bad for you at because I was like oh, you're the hypothetical person that it's like imagine if somebody jumped in for the this is going to be fun year and yeah. then just stuck with it like they weren't actually a bandwagoner. They like remain dedicated despite all of that. And like, that's you. And I'm like, first of all, congratulations. And second of all, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, and no, that's no, no. just like, yeah. And that's, that's what I feel good about is that you can't even accuse me of being a front runner. Like, I guess you could argue that those, that Steve Nash, Dwight Howard tandem 
put the Lakers at the top of the contenders that year on paper, but they weren't. And uh, but then you but yes, stuck with it, so nobody can I, accuse you of being a bandwagoner. Right. You stayed. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I just loved like there are just certain athletes in sports that you watch that you're just like, I don't know a lot about this sport, but this guy makes it look really easy and fun. And and Steve Nash was that player to me. Uh, and so when he when he when the Lakers traded for him. I was like, I have to watch it. It's going to be on all the time anyway. Um, so I might as well tune in. Uh, and as we know, Steve Nash went on to have a great career with the Lakers, was never injured. Uh, his health from when he was with the Phoenix Suns carried on to Los Angeles. And, and the Lakers, you know, went back to back with with Steve Nash under contract. Yeah, the Lakers should have demanded that training staff in that trade, too. Like, I <laughs> You know, like, I, I think Steve Nash, I think, gets a really bad rap among Lakers. I also like Steve Nash and have always, I, I as someone who was a dual Canadian-American citizen, thought that it was really cool that there was a Canadian in the NBA. And um, so I was, like, excited about him from that perspective back then. And, like, so I never had the hatred for him. Like, I get that Lakers fans don't like him. Like, that second MVP he won should have been Kobe's. Totally get that. Um, and, like, obviously his tenure here did not work out at all. They ended up yeah. almost giving away a lot of draft picks for that. And it ended up not being not as bad because they tanked really successfully to protect those picks. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, he, he gets a bad rap, but like, I honestly think like he was a guy, this is a whole other tangent, but like, yeah. I, I think he really did try. Uh, it never came off to me as he was like, just trying to take that payday and whatever. Like he really did see, seem like he was fighting to get back out there and his body just would not allow it. Like there was too much of a cascade of injuries. Yeah, the back injury he had was like a chronic back injury, so not a lot you can do uh, about that. So, uh, but even even after that, like when you talk about the dark days of these Lakers teams, that was the height of my fandom. Like, don't get me wrong, I love watching the Lakers win now, but the the games I watched the most were during those rebuilding years and just praying that they'd win one game with with the talent they had, like. You know, I'm one of the stupid people that bought, uh, you know, a Nick Young jersey. And um, you're not alone. Just, My brother has one of those. <laughs> it was just he was the guy during that time. So, yeah, that's how that's how I got into it. Um, and I haven't looked back since. Uh, and it's turned into a career, uh, which I'm, again, really, really grateful for. And if you look at my Lakers coverage and uh, particularly my Let's Appreciate a Lakers series and it's mostly guys from the rebuilding era, you can circle back to this. And, and that's the reason why. Yeah. I kind of like, I knew that. And so I've been, I've been fr frantically like texting Darius and Anthony. I'm like, you guys are <laughs> like, you're a resident old guys. Like we need you guys to write about some of the guys that came before like 2012. Um, you know, because Christian and I aren't going to be as strong before probably like the, two, I'd say like the 2008s is probably yeah. like you know, about when I started to really like dive in again. And that's not a, it wasn't like a bandwagon thing i stuck with the team <laughs> got bad again it was like it was literally when i got into high school and started getting those current event assignments um yeah. i was five or sorry i might have been four years old actually uh the first year of their three pete so i don't remember it much but yeah, you could not appreciate that i would say i think that's not fair to pin on you that uh you were not a real lakers fan for knowing those guys um <laughs> i am curious though about one thing as far as you go is like like, I mean, people know, like, my favorite Laker memories. I just mentioned a lot of them. You know, there's the Ryan Kelly preseason game-winning dunk is up there for me. Um, and, like, with all of those other things. And But, like, what is your favorite moment of, like, rooting for the Lakers at this point? Like, this is really sad. Like, okay, outside oh. of the season. Yeah. I think um, that Kobe game against the Toronto Raptors where he just carried uh, the team on his back and made just a stupid amount of of three pointers with God, it had to be less than a minute left on the shot clock that and one of one of them was a turnaround three point jumper out of an inbounds, which I it like lunacy absolute lunacy he even was watching insane now. that game. Yeah. yeah. I think for me it would have probably been like before this year, if I was just picking from your time span, like it would have been like probably Kobe's final game. 
Um, but like, you know, that the Toronto one is like, like real, that's the game that real fans are going to remember too. It's like the Lakers were terrible that year. And like, nobody was watching. Like, I remember, you know, obviously like people started tuning in, I think as they realized what was happening, but (laughs) like, he just like, he put on a show. I think that was on a Friday or Saturday night too. Like it was not a high volume, like everybody stay in and watch the game night. Like, uh, that was just an insane game and an insane display on his part. Yeah, I and that's that in the the his last game it was also really enjoyable like for obvious reasons. I I was at a uh, pizza joint in Ontario, California called Michelangelo's. It's a little free advertisement there. Uh, <laughs> but I remember I, I don't know when you're going to stop giving ads for people that are not paying <laughs> us. Like I'm going to have to start bleeping these. <laughs> but no, I remember watching the first half and just like, you know, he gave us 20 years. It was it's all right if it ends like this. Uh, but then then the fourth quarter happened, and I was in public, and I I can't remember making sounds like that, watching a sporting event ever in my life. Yeah, I re- I was in college uh, apartment housing, like n- like not the school's official one, but it was apartment complex near the school, so it was like all students. And it was funny, like as the second half started, I started to hear screams from other floors, like uh, just from people, like I guess tuning into the game, finally getting excited <laughs> about like what was going on, and yeah. you know, like I, I just my lasting memory of that game is like, ser- like we we do this occasionally, but like shout out to Julius Randle, like he realized that those refs were. Not not going to call an illegal screen and mess yeah. this up. And he just went like a, like full offensive lineman mode. Like he was, it was not even subtle. If you go back and watch that game and like, like good on him. Like that, that's like heady and that's a good head on his shoulders. And like yeah. high basketball IQ to realize that and just start just mauling people because he knows the refs aren't going to call it. Like that was a, <laughs> like, so what is your, uh, what is your worst moment then of fandom? You know that 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 is a very interesting question. Um, I I think number one on the list is uh, Kobe Bryant rupturing his Achilles. I can't remember a time I was more sad. Uh, yeah. Just because, again, it was it was when I was really getting into them. I was starting to fall in love with the team, and I had talked myself into, um, you know, this big storyline of Kobe Bryant carrying the Lakers to the playoffs and then eventually carrying them to a championship with the way he was playing, uh, whether or not that was realistic. That's what I believed at the time. And, uh, when that happened, I was just heartbroken. Cause I knew, I knew enough about basketball to know that the talent they had, um, <laughs> them calling up Andrew Godblock wasn't going to be, you know, the difference between them winning a championship and not. No, man, I was so delusional. I was like, okay, Morris has shown some stuff. And, like, Andrew Gablock, like, he can score. We know this. And Dwight Howard took Magic to the finals all by himself with Powell. Like, he didn't have anyone as good as Powell. They'll figure this out. <laughs> like, I literally thought they were going to beat the Spurs in that first-round series at minimum. Like, even without Kobe. I was, I was like, I was that guy. Oh, if you want to talk about delusional, there was a time where I thought uh, a core of – Roy Hibbert and um and Jeremy Lin was gonna gonna carry the Lakers to the playoffs. I argue. Yeah, I don't know if I ever went it. that far. We could check the archives because I was writing by that <laughs> point. We could see what I thought of that team. I I think I thought that they could be competent with oh, the right no. lineup, but like no, I I was not on the playoff train. <laughs> no, I I absolutely was. I got into full blown arguments with people about it. Uh, and uh, turns out they had the last laugh. And um, I was it wasn't um. It was not Roy Hibbert, though. It was um, Jordan Hill. Not Roy yeah, Hibbert. Yeah, I mean, oh. Jordan, like, I, I remember thinking Jordan Hill was really going to get the Lakers something at the trade <laughs> deadline. And that, like, he was going to be this coveted big man that everyone needed and all this stuff. Like, all these crazy things that, that you talk yourself into. And, like, it, you know, that, that's fandom and it's just fun. And, like, uh, I, I think I w- we should probably take a quick break, but then I right. want to come back here and I want to talk about some of these other user submissions because some of these are hilarious. And, uh, like, I think well, that'll give us some stuff to get into and talk about. So as promised uh, on our Twitter account, we are going to take a look at some of the stories that you guys sent in. Uh, first of all, thank you for sending them in uh, in the first place. We got, I think, over 500 replies, which is... Yeah, it's like uh, some of the most replies we've ever gotten on the account, for sure. 
and I, I think it's because everybody has a has a unique story. And Harrison, I'll let you kick things off with uh, some of your favorites. Yeah, and everybody has a story too. That's the thing. Like nobody <laughs> that is following our account, like for the or maybe like like five percent of the people, maybe they just really like our Lakers coverage. But for the most part, <laughs> I would say most of them are Lakers fans. And so this is a relatable question to everyone. I was actually like, I was surprised by the amount of people that were just saying LeBron. Like, and oh, yeah. uh, I didn't realize that that was that, like, I knew that it was a big subset of the fandom because like, obviously, um, like, you know, I, I started to notice that in my mentions a lot more, like there was a little bit of a learning curve there. That there are going to be certain people that like, you cannot say anything about LeBron that is not universal praise or they're going to get very, very upset with you. Um, and like the, the LeBron, you know, and I, I have appreciation for LeBron stands too, but there are some that are a little more militant than others. And <laughs> like, I think that was the case. I just was surprised by how many people were just, um, saying that and like how many people were recent converts, like, and it was to the point that someone, uh, I'm going to give them a shout out. I'm pulling up this tweet real quick. It was, um, it was, uh, at Demio Ricardo, I think is how you pronounce it, is just said, uh, they, they just did in quotes, LeBron becoming a Laker is not a Laker fan. And then I wasn't going to include this because it's kind of legislating fandom, which I don't always love. But then <laughs> yeah. they included a gif of the Geico gecko and the hashtag, I was here for smush. So, you know, I think... <laughs> I think if you watched if you watch the Smush games and you deal uh, dealt with all that, you're allowed to I think side eye people that just jumped on a little bit. Like you can make fun of Christian a little bit. You have my permission. Um, <laughs> we're just gonna ignore that I also was mostly tuned out for the Smush years. But like, yeah. So like I, I don't know. I think that kind of led me to just think about like, like I mean, do you care? Do you think that that's relevant in 2020 anymore? Like, I feel like almost like team fandom is slowly starting to become like let like when I talk to like younger people, like people your age or younger, like a lot of them are just fans of like a player and they'll follow them around. Or like my youngest brother is kind of like that. Like he's a Lakers fan, but a lot of his friends are like they'll come over and you know like uh, like Jason Tatum jerseys or like you know Kyrie Irving Nets jerseys and stuff like that. Like it, a lot of I remember when I was coaching a lot of kids in Steph jerseys, even in like Southern California, like. I think it's becoming less and less of a thing where people are so geographically tied because it's so much easier to see all of these other teams now than it ever was because of social media and all of this stuff, like rather than just your only option. Like a lot of the responses where people are like, I turned on KCAL. That was what we had. And like, yeah. I fell in love with it because of Chick Hearn and like, and you know, all of these, this stuff, like that was what we had now. Like there are other options for people. Yeah. I, I think, when it becomes a problem to me is when people that just came here um, to Lakers fandom, if you will, LeBron fans, uh, talk to Lakers fans that have been here for a little while about the players that are on the roster, the way the organization runs. The My favorite tweets when LeBron James signed on uh, were from like LeBron Stan account saying like, hey guys, I'm new here. Fill me in. I want to know everything. Uh, and Lakers fans were pretty welcoming to those people, but um, I think the LeBron stands that can see no wrong in anything LeBron James does, which in his defense, he does do very little wrong. He does like, a lot of things little. right. Uh, we, yeah. I think I, I don't <laughs> think it's a hot take to say LeBron pretty good at basketball and yeah. also at like just life in general, I would say. <laughs> I'd agree with that take. Uh, but yeah, I think that's the, the only the only place that bothers me. Otherwise... I mean, I don't care if if you're with the Lakers, then you know it, you're you're part of Laker fandom. If you're gonna root for the team and and you know spend time attacking writers on Twitter enough because you care about this team so much, then you know by all means, uh, you know you're we're all, you're all part of the family, like everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you hate me, you're part of the family. You're just like in my mind, you're the weird uncle that just like screams at people a lot at Thanksgiving or whatever. Um, yeah, especially yeah, when... like I'm. I'm with, I'm with anyone who's here just to like have fun and follow the team and whatever. It's like, it's the people that like, you're like, well, you know, maybe perhaps LeBron should not have been so cavalier about like waving his young teammates out in the wind, like at the trade <laughs> deadline. And you're like, well, or like you muse, you know, on Twitter, it's like, Hey, you know, maybe that really wasn't that cool that LeBron just said, you know, they'll just find new homes and figure <laughs> stuff out and whatever to shoot around when he's a player on the team. 
and you know whatever and people are like well he opened a school for children i'll have you know and it's like <laughs> okay i'm not saying lebron's a bad person yeah. but it's just the people that take it to that level are the only ones that bother me but like if you're just here to like root for the team and have a good time and just like enjoy basketball then like i'm with that even if we disagree sometimes yeah so yeah that, i mean other than that I, I it really doesn't matter i get people becoming more nba fans than anything like um i this is probably sacrilegious i i don't really care but uh nike had a sale on just swing man jerseys the other day and oh, i no. really really like uh that uh san francisco uh golden state warriors jersey the rainbow one i think it's super dope so i ordered one and i don't care Oh, okay, thank God. I, this is this is fine. I really thought that this was going to be a story of you're like, well, I really like the green color of the Celtics uh, jersey. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no, no, Christian, don't do it. Like, gold. yeah, God, my eyes have up. not my eyes have not opened up like this out of fear on this podcast since I was co-hosting <laughs> it with Anthony. So, like, you know, the Golden State Warriors one is uh, that that is not such a bad admission. But like as far as the other fan stuff. So, like. It was a lot of the stories that you'd kind of expect, like people, you know, like we talked about people saying they were born into it. There were a lot of people saying like, like, you know, for them, it was like it was Kobe, which, you know, of course, like a lot of people have their Kobe stories. Um, we got like, you know, a lot of mentions of actually like Chick Hearn, which I think is really a testament to how great of a job and like how beloved he was, which I think we're starting to lose that generation a little bit, like yeah. not not that they're like dying off or something, but they're just like the people that heard Chick Hearn are less active on social media, the younger people that have been used to the normal stuff. And like, I just thought, like, I wanted to read this one. This is from at Sophia Huang uh, 24. I hope I pronounced your name right. And as always for anyone, I probably will butcher a couple names on here. Reading these is always a dangerous proposition for me. And uh, I just want to apologize in advance. I'm doing my best. Um, but she wrote, uh, growing up in Orange County during the 90s without cable option, without cable, the option were Lakers on KCAL 9 and the Clippers on KCOP 13. I remember the Clippers games were boring. The lighting was just atrocious. I have to think Chick Hearn calling the games was a big factor in like swinging her towards the Lakers. And she said, uh, and she said she still preferred Chick Hearn over Mark Albert and his crew, which is uh, <laughs> like just like, so, like so, just such a like great subtle shade of Marv Albert just to call him Mark. Um, and yeah, you know, like Chick Hearn, like, you know, there's a reason he's, you know, Pete's avatar on Twitter. And there's a reason like so many of the things that he used to describe basketball, alley-oop, like countless other ones were chicken, basically. Yeah. Slam dunk. Yeah. I, yeah, that's right. He invented that too. Um, like, you know, he's just incredible. And like, it, it's sometimes it is really fun. Like I'm, I'm not going to claim that I was like listening to Chick Hearn games. Cause if I came around in like 2001, I doubt he was still calling much at that point. I'm blanking on when he exactly finally hung it up. But, like, I don't have, like, vivid memories of Chick Hearn calling games of my childhood or anything like that. That was not what stuck out to me. But, like, it is awesome when you hear the old highlights and you can hear how good he was at his job. And, like, you hear the moments where he would even criticize the team and stuff like that. Like, yeah. it, he was amazing. And I think the Lakers having him is honestly, like, he should get credit for how big this and expansive this fan base is. Is because, like, he was a big part of that, I think. Like, and it's hard to not continue to believe that like just based on believing these replies yeah and i think you look at you look at lakers stars throughout history and i you know there's no better sign that the fact that chick hearn was such a mega star in los angeles um than his statue outside of stable center because his i think that you and a retired jersey like how yeah. many how many like commentators in any sport ever will ever get that like the list is limited right and I think him and and and, and Jim Bus are two of the most influential people. Um, or sorry, not Jim Bus. You meant Jerry. You meant Jerry. <laughs> I mean, bad. Jim Bus was very influential on the time that you've been a fan. I would say. Um, <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, but yeah, uh, Chick Hearn and Jerry Bus are as two big, are as big of superstars as you know, Shaq, Magic Johnson, and Kobe. The the yeah, impact yeah. That they had on the I team. I really don't think that it's an overstatement to say that Jerry Buss is basically like the Michael Jordan or LeBron James or Kobe Bryant or whatever you want to call him of just professional sports owners in general. Just like, 
like how he built that team and how much success they had after he bought them is just like, like, I think it's honestly probably unprecedented in professional sports. Like he, he yeah. was just an incredible transcendent force. And like, who knows how the evolving league would have changed his impact had he still been around now, like, or whatever. But like, he is a huge, huge part of the reason that the Lakers banner count six, sits at 16. And that's something that like, as we do this, let's appreciate a Lakers series. I've been thinking a lot about like all these guys that like, you know, maybe don't get as much credit because we talk about the Shacks, the Kobe's, the Magic's, the whatever, like that are a huge part of that and obviously jerry bus gets plenty of credit but at the same time like he honestly like i think is almost as big a part of it as a lot of players that came through here like i don't i don't think that's an overstatement to say that at all like he really made a lot of you go back and you hear all these stories of down to the wire decisions that they made yeah. and him being the one that made the correct call and like you know it's just a testament to like he he was an incredible transformative figure i think in sports in general yeah, I and I'd agree. Uh, speaking of people being born into Lakers fandom, uh, I have a tweet here from at Nick Van Exit. Uh, you may know him from the work oh, he does. Oh yes, I no, I I know Nick. Nick and I uh, Nick and I had like a couple nights out in Vegas in uh, in summer league. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll leave it there. But uh, <laughs> Nick tweets us saying, um, "I was born during a Lakers game, uh, watching Shaq and Kobe in the 2000 final secured it from." eight-year-old me I feel like being born during a Lakers game at that point you kind of have to be named after a Laker I gotta know more yeah actually I mean that actually would explain his name I'm connecting (laughs) the dots now but like I'm wondering like was he born like I need to know more details on this was he born during a Lakers game as in like the Lakers game was on while he was being born because (laughs) or in the stadium (laughs) <laughs> yeah, or say, oh, that would be even more impressive. Like, yeah. um, I, I was just thinking, like, it was either on TV in the delivery room or it was like a home birth or something. And the dad was so committed to watching the game or the mom, you know, maybe she was like such a diehard fan that she's like, no, 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 we need to sit here and watch this game. Like, I don't care if this kid's coming out. Like, I'm not missing Nick Van Exel tonight. Like, and and then boom, <laughs> that's where his name came from. I'm that, you know, that's canon for me in my head now. This is the <laughs> You know, what's funny is I was thinking of, um, if you were to have a kid during a Lakers game with this current roster, who you'd most want to name your kid after? And oh, I, I realize the answer is from my household. Well, <laughs> if if you named your kid Anthony, people would just assume you named it after Anthony Irwin. Irwin, and at that point, I just I'd let people think that. Like, and no, I my- also. My fiance would absolutely overrule me and go with Alex Caruso on that. Like she, <laughs> she, she would probably name our 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 uh, you know hypothetical son Alex Caruso Fagan. Like Alex Caruso <laughs> hyphenated as the first name, um, middle name the goat, and then. <laughs> I feel like we're gonna get a lot of Alex Carusos within the next like five years. Yeah, we're gonna have those like uh, you know what are we gonna call them like quarantine pregnancies? Like I don't know. We're gonna have like. <laughs> We're gonna have the the new the new generation of baby boomers like they they came out of World War II. We're we're coming out of like quarantine pandemic times. Moving um, on to the next tweet, Harris. Moving on. <laughs> um, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people cited Kobe as well, and like actually uh, Nick Van Exel actually surprising amount of mentions. Like, and Anthony always talks about him as one of his favorite players, and like he was a guy I think clearly for kids in the '90s like was a guy that like really drew you into Lakers games, and he was exciting to like watch. He's his uh, ice coffee exploits are exciting now. Like, you know, I'm a big Nick Van Exel guy. One person, uh, we even got one Jeremy Lin. The person just replied with a photo of Jeremy Lin in a Lakers jersey, which like. <laughs> I salute you for just jumping in like and just becoming a fan after all that. Like, I, I would not blame you for abandoning ship after that year at all. But um, we got uh, one per. we even got one person that just said Robert. Sa- this is from uh, at Harar Brandon zero zero. And uh, they said Robert Sacra's greatness made me become a Laker fan. And I just am. I'm like tempted to believe that this is my little brother's burner account. Like the little brother, one of my little brothers, I'll give him a shout out. Montgomery has a um, signed game worn Robert Sacre Jersey framed in his apartment, Um, which is like, so I think this might be his burner now that I'm thinking about it a little more. (laughs) Uh, I have a tweet here from uh, Lake show scoop at Lake show scoop. Uh, He says, 
or they say, uh, through my uncle that managed Yang Chow restaurants in Chinatown. Oh, I, I highlighted this one, too. This one's great. Many athletes slash celebs ate there, including Lakers players and people from the Lakers organization. I was six at the time. The rest is history. Uh, if you want to go check out his tweet, uh, either under our replies or at Lake Show Scoop, I highly recommend you do. It is very cool. Uh, but I picked this tweet in particular because it seems to me that the Lakers just like, especially the Showtime Lakers at the time, really enjoyed eating at Tepon restaurants because I have an uncle that opened up the first Benihana in Hawaii. Oh. And as a lot of people know, the Lakers used to have training camp in Hawaii. So uh, Magic Johnson, a famous Laker, if you if you didn't know, uh, would recommend my uncle to cook for him at, at that Benihana. And he said that uh, him, Kurt Rambis, James Worthy, all those dudes would would go into the restaurant pretty often. So seeing this, it just it solidifies my uh, my ideology that they were just obsessed with with Tepon food, uh, the Showtime Lakers. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the photos on that picture are great of just like them posing with the restaurant manager. Like it, it's, um, you know, like I, I love that stuff. Like when people like when the athletes that really appreciate these restaurants, like let them take a picture and put it up on the wall or whatever. Yeah. Like the, the like the stories like that are always really cool because, number one, it shows you that, you know, the food's good if the athlete's willing to like just take their picture there yeah. <laughs> and have that up on the wall or whatever. And it's always just like a cool conversation starter when you walk in and stuff like that. So I thought that one was really cool. I also have a couple more that I rounded up um, just of like stories basically. So uh, this person at delete system 64 says, grandpa bought me third row seats in 2003. Got to see Kobe, Kobe give Gary Payton and the Sonics 45 points uh, <laughs> picture from that night. I've been a diehard ever since. And it's just, it's this kid and a smiling kid with Kobe in the background uh, appears to be during shoot around or during halftime warmups or whatever uh, in like an oversized Hawaiian shirt and a Lakers cap. And it's just like, you know, there are a lot of like, that's a very relatable story. There's like a lot of kids with, you know, that's how Kobe got them into it. They just jumped in and like they saw greatness and were like, this is the team that I have to watch. Speaking of recognizing greatness, uh, this is one that you will probably appreciate. This is from Edwin Garcia at E Creates Audio. And he replied, when LeVar claimed Lonzo would be a Laker and then he spoke it into existence. It was such a wild story that I connected with that attitude. Became a fan <laughs> then and fell in love with the team and its history. That is an incredible way <laughs> to fall into Lakers fandom of just like, like as a LeVar ball worshiper, basically, yeah. you know, the Listen, prophecy. Man. Listen, I understand my fandom story is pretty bad with Steve Nash. I think that takes the cake, though. I've never heard of anybody becoming a fan of the Lakers that because of Lamar Ball. That did not even seem real. And, like, I have so much more respect for, you know, <laughs> this this listener and follower now that they just jumped in there. And, you know, honestly, like, it seems like a, uh, adopted the history of the team and got really into it. That's cool. Like, I mean, it's a very random way to jump in, but, like, you know, it's like, like, that's pretty cool. Um, I feel like that uh, should have been my origin story. Like it being... honestly, like it read like someone writing a fan fiction version of <laughs> origin story from Chino <laughs> Hill. You're like, well, yes, our prophet and mayor LeVar Ball, uh, oh, you know, ordered his son onto the team. Just I wait, that's, that. that's coming. LeVar Ball is going to probably like do some like local politics at some point in Chino Hills. Like, and I once... would vote for him. I, yeah. I absolutely would. <laughs> mayor LeVar. Um, I would I I would vote for uh, I would vote for his dad. I have some stories from sitting with him on press row, but those are not for the air. Um, I'm uh, pivoting away from that. A lot of another theme that was pretty common among these was like that. I think that I've always thought was really cool about the Lakers brand. Like, and you know, when you look at our traffic and where it comes from, like so much of it is international because there's so many fans around the world, like whether it was connecting through chick or just really appreciating Kobe or whatever. And, um, this person it's at, is it right? said uh, basketball is a national obsession in the Philippines where my brother and I grew up. One day we saw magic showtime Lakers on tape and fell in love. Eventually we both moved to SoCal and became even bigger fans. We were bonded over our love for the Lakers. And I, I picked that one just because I think that like, number one, like my fiance is, uh, is Filipino and like she, like it's a huge thing like basketball, not really in her family, but over there, like her, her dad even like was secretly like a giant Lakers fan. And she had no idea just because she was never into sports. But now anytime I'm over, 
over wants to watch Lakers games with me and talk about the team and whatever because he finally like is not in just a house full of women and is like like has somebody <laughs> to talk to about it. Um, and I think it's like half of why I was able to win him over for the proposal. So, um, you know, like I, I just think that that's really cool that they're like like that it is this like thing that all everyone from so many different cultures can come together and appreciate like this one from uh i am not going to pronounce this name right so i apologize uh maudi shenuda uh said my brother and i were born in egypt and the only team that egypt played on tv was the lakers at the time so we moved <laughs> we watched them growing up and by the age of six we moved to east side of la and became real fans ever since i had no idea that that was true and it just speaks to the lakers worldwide appeal yeah. That apparently, like, if this is true, that they were the only team shown in Egypt, that's kind of incredible. Yeah, I think you, uh, you people talk about, like, America's teams, the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Yankees. But I think the Lakers really are kind of just the world's team, even more than, I, I think, unless I'm mistaken, I'm not a huge football fan. But I think football is such, like, a centralized sport in the United States. Uh, I don't know if the same can be said about basketball because of the type of global outreach they do. Uh, and I think the Lakers are a really good example of, um, you know, a team that was just so star studded and, and really much watched TV at the time. Cause it, you think back to that era, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird really saved the NBA and made yeah, it absolutely. what it is today. Yeah. And like, it's just, you know, in it, it I think that they were just such recognizable faces and like, especially magic, just like, you know, the megawatt smile, the exciting yeah. passes, all of that stuff. Like, I think he really just appealed to people worldwide as well. And then like, when you have somebody like chick calling the games, like you can't help, but like love that style of play, mm -hmm. the lighting's unique that like makes it more presentable, especially like when you watch old tape, like of old NBA games, like Lakers games look even more unique then because of like how much different lighting, like they had lighting options on camera and how much lower quality the cameras were. Like it really, really made them pop off the screen. Um, and so like, there are just so many other reasons, like the jerseys are awesome and yeah. like the team colors blend together amazingly. And it's just like, it's become like, it's like you said, it's like basketball Yankees essentially, like where it's just this worldwide uh, phenomenon basically. Um, I have, unless you had others that you wanted to read, I have a couple that just I thought were hilarious. And so um, <laughs> go, on go some level, <laughs> and so I just grabbed these. Uh, this one's from Pat Benson, at Pat uh, Benson Jr. Uh, and this person says, Kobe's airball game in Utah is what made them a fan. And they said, immediately after the game, my dad told me that skinny kid would be better than MJ, which is like, okay, I need, like, was your dad Jerry West? Like, <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Like this is incredible, and like Ball. also, yeah. Can you can you also separately reply? Yeah, was it Levar Paul? Can you <laughs> can you separately reply to me and like with your dad's number? And can I get like stock tips on him? Like for him, him on something? Like can I get him to like ghostwrite draft articles for me and <laughs> stuff like that? Like I need like if your dad saw that game and was like that kid's gonna be better than MJ after that, like like I need to meet this guy. Yeah, and that's um, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And so then we had this one from uh, at Barrett WR87. And they said, actually became a Shaq fan when he had some really cheap Walmart basketball shoes that my parents got me. <laughs> so became a Laker fan in 98 when I got Shaq basketball shoes. Like, that is a very like I am a kid way to fall in love with a team of just like I like this guy's shoes were cheap and my parents <laughs> bought them for me. Like like I think that's like like you know look at you becoming a Warriors fan because you liked one of the Warriors jerseys. So like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well no it's it's funny that you mentioned like a kid way of becoming a fan. I am shocked. Like again we got we got a lot of replies uh from this tweet. Thank you again uh for submitting but I've seen so many tweets about people playing NBA Live 2007. Yes, there were so many video game team. ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm, And I get it. Like, even prior to 2007, like, if you played any NBA game on, like, the PlayStation, the, the first PlayStation, um, Shaq and Kobe were the most dominant <laughs> one-two punch in the NBA. So, of course, you're going to love playing with them. 
Yeah, exactly. Like the, the Lakers have always been a fun team to play with too in video. Like they have players that are exciting to play with. Like like maybe Shaq less so in a video game, but like Kobe, you know, Magic, like all of these guys are like like they had teams that you could get out and run with and like play the style of basketball that you want to play in video games where you're just like running up and down the floor and trying to score as quickly as possible and score as many points. Like they've had those dynamic wings that allow you to do that and that's probably contributed somewhat to their popularity as well. Yeah, everything you just said about Shaq not being fun to play with in video games lets me know that you haven't touched 2K in a while. Because yeah. Shaq, Shaq and Yao Ming are on my like um, fantasy draft team, and my God, good you can't score on either of them. <laughs> Wait, really? Okay, so like I I have not played 2K consistently since 2K9. That was the one with Kobe on the cover, right? Was it 2K9 or 10? It might have been nine, but yeah, it was nine or ten. And um, like, co- like that was the last one that I played consistently. And I just never liked teams with like dominant big men because I felt like the game wouldn't let you use them that well. And or at least I wasn't good enough to really make it work. And so like I always wanted like a guard that you could just dribble the ball up and down the court and like take care of that stuff. So I don't know. Maybe I just suck at video games. Um, and so we have this one from uh, at money mirror money mirror weather uh, that says. Not not the boxer. This is uh, his evil twin, I guess. Or I guess in Floyd Mayweather's case, it would be the nice twin. I think Floyd's the evil twin. Um, <laughs> and so they said uh, they said met Iverson at an exhibition game in Philly. Long story short, he was a complete dick. In the stands was Eddie Jones, complete opposite. He played for L.A. at the time. My uncle told me about some kid named Kobe that they just drafted and he's from our city. And that's how they became a fan, which is like, you know, honestly, that's a like, I guess. Thanks, Allen Iverson. That's another one for the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, another another W for the Lakers. Yeah, just Allen Iverson being rude to a child won the Lakers. <laughs> another fan, I guess. It's like the the Shaq story with uh, David Robinson. <laughs> yes, he like he fueled his rise to greatness, basically. <laughs> um, and then we had I have three more. Uh, this one's from at Lakerboy eighty three. Um, this one just says being forced to watch the finals Lakers versus Pacers when I just wanted to watch Power Rangers instead. That does oh. not sound like a like a great way to come into it, but I guess <laughs> I'm happy for them that they came out of it with fandom. I think we can all relate to being kids and getting booted off the TV for sports when you're not quite at an age where you can grasp that yet. I feel that, man. I was a Power Ranger for six consecutive Halloweens. Good like, Lord. Six consecutive, yeah. Was that same costume every time? Was this just like you wanted oh, to Oh, no, 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 no. If you know anything about the Power Rangers, is that it's pretty much a new costume like every two seasons. So, well, no, no I knew the- that. I just wasn't sure if this was like a, you didn't want to get, your parents didn't want to get oh. you a new Halloween costume no, no, thing. No, no, no. But you had a new Ranger. So, like, you could make an entire, you know, group of Rangers out of just your costumes. I could open a very small but successful museum on, on like, Power Rangers <laughs> Halloween costumes. See, this is a great episode. We're learning things about each other. Um, <laughs> all right. The, the, actually, never mind. I lied. I have four more. Uh, the, the, I have three more now. Uh, this this one is from at Two Boxers Mile High City, and this is just incredible. Um, my pothead next door neighbor growing up was a huge <laughs> Lakers fan. He used to set up a TV on his deck, extension cords and coax uh, everywhere to watch Laker to watch games, and used to let me come out and watch with him. It was late '90s, and Shaq had just arrived. Kobe was becoming Kobe. I was hook and then they just leave it with this i was hooked forever i'm questioning now what they (laughs) were hooked on forever (laughs) and i'm also questioning some parenting decisions where the child was just allowed to just go hang out on the deck of the pothead next door neighbor (laughs) watching lakers games on apparently a fire hazard i'm guessing if there are all these (laughs) extension cords around everywhere i hope there was a roof for if it rained like this is incredible that every good story starts with my pothead neighbor. That's <laughs> true. Um, and so, you know, uh, I think you're at Brian uh, at Two Boxers Mile High City. I, I hope that whatever you were hooked on, that it continues to bring you happiness, uh, especially during these dark times. Um, <laughs> and so we have this one from uh, at Maybe Yilla. And she says, mom went to UCLA and her um friend became a Laker. So she supported him. 
So we're already off to a great start. Uh, <laughs> I became a Lakers fan because of her. She has since abandoned ship. Gee, I wonder why. Uh, I've been a fan since I was a kid. But really, when Kobe joined, I was old enough to follow the game. Plus, eight was and still is my favorite number. Um, so we have anonymous Lakers getting, you know, their, I guess, like, female friends, children into, uh, into the team. So I am desperate to know which Laker this was. Adam Morrison, for sure. No, it went to UCLA. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay, yeah. That I mean, I guess it could have been, like, Adam Morrison could have had a friend at UCLA. She didn't specify the Lakers, that the Lakers from UCLA. Um, Adam Morrison would be a great, very random guess. I feel like it's got to be one of the Lakers that, like, was on the team for a while and played in pickup runs at UCLA yeah. or something. But, um, yeah, I, just the um friend was killing me when <laughs> I read it. Like... Just trying to show some respect for mom, but not really. And uh, I'm if if you would like, please separately tweet me which Laker it was, because I would very much like and to know. Email, receipt, my email is in picture. my bio. Yeah, yeah, post a picture of you with the Laker at a game. Just, like, really awkward. Oh, that would um, be great. All right, so this one is, uh, this is the final one, because this is just kind of a roller coaster. Uh, and this is from at KRitchie9, and they said, I was five, my dad was a Celts fan, told me the guy on the other team's name was Magic. Thought he was talking about Kareem, because that's when he was bald and had those huge goggles, and I thought he looked like a wizard. <laughs> and then they sent a follow-up tweet, also my dad was drunk, and we were watching baseball. So... I don't even really know what's happening there. I can't tell if we've just been gaslighted, but the story made me laugh. So I felt like I should read it on the air and not fact check it at all because I think uh, <laughs> that's what we do in news nowadays. So yeah, just don't fact check anything. Um, and I, that was, that was a lot. Not that I didn't think this was a good idea because it was Harrison's idea. So if you didn't like it, just blame Harrison. No, if you uh, didn't like it. Christian sent the tweet though. So that is technically <laughs> his fault. But it, it was, was like, it was really like, enjoyable. I put the nuclear key in and then he twisted it. So, <laughs> uh, I, I, it was really fun though, hearing everybody's, uh, stories. I, I thought it was especially nice to hear like, um, the stories of immigrants coming to the U S and like the Lakers just being a thing that everybody was into. Like, I think that's awesome. It's and a great bonding force. And like this community is a great place for people to come together when we aren't screaming at each other about stupid yeah. things. But like <laughs> we do when it matters, really rally around each other. And I've made some of my best friends through all of this. Like it really is an incredible thing to be a part of. Like like Lakers Twitter, there's nothing else in the planet like it. You cannot convince me that any other team's Twitter is as consistently fun and like weird and crazy and like just has such a great mix uh, and like the, not even just Twitter, just the whole community just has like yeah. because the Lakers are so worldwide and like the fan base is, is so expansive. We have so many people doing like thoughtful like analysis of the team to have people like just cracking jokes on them. And it's just like this incredible mix of like people that's just really like a big, crazy family. And like, uh, you know, this was a really fun episode. I'm glad we did it. Yeah, I, I agree with you on um, like there's no other fans as fun. As the as the like as the Lakers on Twitter. No, you sound so genuine when you're saying it. You're really well, okay. Me. Weird and crazy. I can think of a few other like fan bases on Twitter that are weirder and crazier than than Lakers fans. Okay, but, well, crazier. We should just name the yeah. Jazz. But like, I'm mean crazy <laughs> in the fun way. Yeah, in the fun way, I totally agree. Um, yeah, that's our show for this week. Uh, thank you all for listening. And if you enjoyed today's episode, uh, maybe we'll do something like it again in the future. Uh, in the meantime, leave us a nice little review on podcast uh, if you have the time. And uh, Harrison, is there anything you want to say before we go? Yeah, and if it just if you're a silver screen roll reader and like you are you found this via the site or you're just listening to it in your feed, we're gonna have the pod post up. So whether you found it via that or you're just listening to this now, come jump in the comments and like tell us how you became a Laker fan if you have like a longer, more fun story and like let's all like just let's just all like try and distract ourselves together. You know, that's all we can do right now. And with that, we will uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.